I took the film in my hometown. So I had a, I had my hometown crowd. And there's a moment in the film where we're separated and my character is going through, you know, a difficult time. And Charmaine's character, Dodianne, is dreaming and she wakes up from the depth of connection that Dodianne and Peter have. And literally a woman screams out in the audience, oh, Lord, she can feel them. She can feel them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we are chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year and breaking down the state of the 2023 Oscars race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and I'm joined for this week's episode by EW Editor-in-Chief Patrick Gomez and my fellow Executive Editor Clarissa Cruz. Hello to you both. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Of course. Always happy to have both of you here. Um, I feel like our our little table here where we're sitting today might um, start feeling like the View Hot Topics table, um, <laughs> because primarily because of our featured guest uh, who has um, certainly ruffled some feathers in the last year. And it's very interesting that he is, uh, you know, making headlines again now because he is promoting his film, but getting asked about said incident earlier this year. That would be, if you couldn't read between the lines, Will Smith, his latest movie, Emancipation, opened in theaters this past weekend, and it debuts on Apple TV Plus December 9th. So next week, he did a handful of interviews promoting the movie, including The Daily Show, as well as a roundtable with us alongside his co-stars Ben Foster and Charmaine Bingwa. And we do have that interview coming up a little later, so stay tuned for that. But I start here. Patrick, you did that interview, uh, that roundtable. What was the mood and the vibe like when you discussed the impact of the slap? I think that, in particular, the, the, that discussion, you, you know, to be frank, as a, as a journalist, you are tasked with asking hard questions. Mm-hmm. And that was one that weighed on me walking in there because, you know, I've seen this film, Clarissa has seen this film. It, it's, it's, it's a very good film. It's an important film. It's telling an important story that hasn't been told uh, at this scale before. Um, it's the story of um, this real-life enslaved man who was the subject of a photo that's known as Whipped Peter. Mm-hmm. And that photo's been credited with really being the visual that made people really come to terms with the brutal, brutal truths of slavery. Of course, now we we know much more about what those enslaved people were going through but at the time, you know, it was looked at as an economic necessity and, and all these things. And, and many people, you know, were not wanting to think about it. Mm-hmm. And this photo really, it ran all over the world and made people come to terms with that in a way that was really helpful in moving past that that era of, of um, American slavery. And, you know, I wanted to treat the conversation with the respect it deserved because the film is the film. And I think, you know, that ultimately was what Will and and I and and Charmaine and uh, Ben all spoke about in mm-hmm. terms of hoping that people can really focus on this film and the message of this film. And so all that is to say, the the, the mood for me was tense. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I asked Will, uh, you know, what his feelings were knowing that that's going to be at the forefront yeah. of people's minds as they either see or don't see this film. And Will was his usual 
effervescent self mm-hmm. and very um, charming. Yes, I, I I was shocked the mics weren't popping a little bit more because he was <laughs> very exuberant yeah. and and passionate about the message of this film. And and you know it was a somber moment for him to acknowledge that yes, that's that's going to impact things. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, you'll hear in the interview, he says that it is something that keeps him up at night. That he loses a few winks of sleep knowing that his team, you know, of course, I'm sure he would also love to get all the accolades and attention because of his work in the film. It's very good work. Um, but he is concerned that people like Charmaine and Ben and director Antoine Fuqua uh, won't get the nominations and awards attention that they deserve mm-hmm. um, because of him. And so, you know, he pushes it forward there saying this isn't, you know, it's not, I'm not concerned about me. We can debate whether or not that's 100% mm-hmm. true. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, he's taking this opportunity to say like, look, even if I'm a deterrent here, this mm-hmm. movie is worth seeing and these performances and this work is worth seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've heard some other people say too, they they find it interesting that here he was, is playing a character who was, uh, you know, on the receiving end of so much violence. And that's what we saw play out at the Oscars, essentially. It was, uh, you know, it was um, an assault. Um, so that's, uh, do, do you feel like he feels and understands that correlation that like he acted in such a way that's, kind of the antithesis of everything we thought Will Smith to be? I think, you know, he he posted a six-minute apology yeah. video. Uh, he's, he's you know, commented on it in the past. And, and I think, you know, he acknowledges that in, in a few moments, he completely undid, as you just said, mm-hmm. everything we thought we knew about Will Smith. Uh, and, you know, I can't get in his head to tell you exactly what he's feeling mm-hmm. or anything like that. But... I, it seems genuine to me while while we well again we could debate whether or not uh he he wants you know he would love to get up on that oscar yeah. stage again which he's now banned yep. uh for 10 years from attending any um academy events he resigned following the slap it's it's a at least currently a impossibility for him to yeah. show up at the ceremony this year now would he love to have been a repeat nominee and and been there and possibly won again that is i i can't imagine the answer to that is no um and you know i think it's i think it's the right move for him to and i actually believe him that he is truthfully concerned and very saddened that his actions have impacted other people i know mm. i'm that way at yeah. least like if if i did something like yeah oh man that sucks for me personally that yeah. it, that my actions impacted me mm. but like if i was ever to do something that impacted like you and Clarissa, like yeah. that would be the yeah, thing. Yeah, a lot that of makes it, me... obviously Chris Rock was impacted. Um, yeah. um, you know, Jessica Chastain won that night. Coda won that night. Questlove uh, had to go get his trophy right after that happened. So a lot of people were impacted. Potentially, apologies have been made, you know, privately. It, it and he did, I will yeah. acknowledge that he, that was part of his six minute video is mm-hmm. is acknowledging he apologized to to Chris he apologized to Chris's family he mm-hmm. apologized to the other um nominees and winners of that night so again publicly um has acknowledged that uh you know privately has attempted to make apologies at least we yeah. know whether or not those are successful uh we we're not entirely sure um he's doing all the right things and sure. and you know i think it's it's an interesting conversation we have it here in this office of <laughs> of you know how do you acknowledge this film and everything that's there? And yeah. do you have to acknowledge it? And ultimately, you know, the answer for us was yes, you have yeah. to acknowledge it. 
Um, but it's going to be interesting, you know, the 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 discourse around uh, this press tour he's been doing. He started doing it as a tour around a lot of campuses, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, historically black uh, mm-hmm. universities and colleges, um, as well as uh, d- cities that with large black populations. And I, I think that that is the community that is going to feel empowered by seeing this story. And so I think that that was a safe place to start. Um, but, you know, all of the, the, the slap aside, it's important. This is a movie that's important for people to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. And so, you know, I think whether, you know, we, again, getting in his head or not about like exactly how things are being handled, I really do hope that people are able to, to move past it. I've always been someone that can separate artists from art very easily ever since I was young. It's just always been something that was like, I, I can appreciate yeah. art and not know anything about the artist, know everything about the artist, and it doesn't necessarily color it for mm-hmm. me. Um, and I know other people aren't like that, and that's that's their prerogative. And so it's going to be very interesting yeah. um, to see how that plays out. The one thing I will say that um, I've been seeing a lot of online discourse about, uh, you know, the things that he's been saying yeah. uh, in, in the various interviews he's been doing is, you know, he's acknowledging that you know, people may not want to see this. And ever and I've been seeing people saying like, oh, he's just couching it because like I hear the movie's not good or like if yes. the performance yeah. is low, like he's just trying to save face and like say that's why it's not successful. I I really, I, I mean, Clarissa, I look to you. Like I, I think the movie is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good film and I think his performance is good. Um, and it's, it's just interesting because I think there are two things at play where there's the industry feeling on the movie and then there's the public opinion feeling mm-hmm. on the movie. And I think he's trying to, you know, win that court of public opinion first um, because they don't have the same baggage as the Academy would mm-hmm. have about what happened at the ceremony. And um, he, d- he didn't embarrass viewers. Right. He embarrassed the Academy. Right. Yeah. And sort of that campaign that you're mentioning, that grassroots, you know, civilian <laughs> campaign mm-hmm. of, of, um, of trying to get it in front of other audiences who will feel that emotional impact of the movie without that Academy baggage, I think that's that's smart. Um, Do you think his PR campaign is working or is it too soon to tell? Um, I think it's I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays at the time that this is going to be out. It will have debuted in limited theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be on Apple. Um, so I think we'll know more after that reception. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, he's he's definitely as as, as your video shows, he's jocular exuberant aggressive sweater and all and just kind of um kind of uh playing that role that people are comfortable seeing him with and the the persona that people really love so um i think that charm can go a long way i would say at least on the on the public opinion side yeah i mean and and the other thing that's tough here that people in the industry have been debating as well is that the academy has not only continued to have in their membership but not just nominated, but awarded people that have done far worse things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, it is a really interesting conversation that, yes, this happened at a time when I think we are holding people accountable for their actions more than we ever have before. And that's a good thing. But it also is just this, this interesting conversation about mm-hmm. like other people that have gotten complete passes for mm-hmm. years 
doing far, far worse things that are, yeah. you know, might be sitting in that audience uh, mm-hmm. in the spring. And, you know, that's not to say that I condone or think we should completely forgive what happened at, at last year's show. But it is it, it's a it, one of the things that makes it so fascinating to discuss on this podcast, but amongst friends, amongst the industry, is that there is no easy answer mm-hmm. here. Um, and everyone is entitled to their opinion and how they want to navigate it. I think what we're going to see is that anyone that gives the movie a shot is going to understand why he wants people to see it yep. and not punish others because mm-hmm. it's it's a visually stunning film. It's it's like the entire cast from the young cast in it I thought was incredible. The uh, who plays Char- Charmaine um, plays Will Smith's character's wife, and they have uh you know uh, they have their children. I thought all their scenes were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Ben Foster ben plays Foster's Ben's yeah. always great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ben, ben, ben Foster plays a, mm-hmm. a man whose job is to uh, track down and mm-hmm. bring back or kill um, escaped uh, enslaved people. And he is just, you know, we, we speak in the interview, which you'll hear in a bit about how he tapped into that. And, and, you know, he, he just, he's fantastic. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, having seen the film, I, I, I definitely am rooting for it in a way that I think others that have not seen the film Mm -hmm. may not understand. And and it really is, again, I just think that particularly right now, another thing that we discuss um, is how you know there are parts of the country that are really trying to pull back on mm-hmm. educating students mm-hmm. about this era in our history yeah. and as that happens I, I just i personally feel like this is a very important film to be out in the world and i would give anything for and i'm sure will smith would have <laughs> give anything to take back those moments yeah. so that this film could be truly celebrated yeah. and given given the respect and attention that it does deserve. Sure. Yeah. Um, Clarissa, I asked uh, you and Dave Carter this question a couple weeks ago, so I'm curious if your answer is the same or has changed, and I pose it to you as well, Patrick. Having said all of that, um, do you think Will Smith, had the slap not happened, would not just be uh, a, a shoe-in for a nomination, but uh, the front-runner to win? I, I think, yeah, had it not happened, um, I think he had a good shot has a good shot at, at a nomination. Um, I don't think winning mm, is mm-hmm. in the cards just because that category in the top sort of three front runners is pretty strong with um, Brendan Fraser, Colin Farrell, and Austin Butler. Um, but I think he would have had a shot to be in that, yeah. in that nomination in that category. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Technically, he could be nominated. He just would not be able to attend. Yeah. Now, I, I personally don't see that happening. Yeah. But it's not out of the realm of possibility in terms of like, it's not against the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. have to be an Academy member right. to be nominated. nominated. Right, right. Well, um, we know we won't see Will physically at next year's ceremony. Something we will see are those eight categories uh, back <laughs> in the main telecast, uh, those um, original score, film editing, production design, sound, makeup and hairstyling, documentary short, live action short, animated short. They uh, Those trophies were all handed out in the uh, the hour or so uh, leading up to the live telecast last year. So all 23, according to uh, Academy CEO Bill Kramer, will be part of the 2023 ceremony. What are your thoughts? Like, was that a situation that um, kind of it was much ado about nothing because we did still see portions of speeches. So they weren't not part of the show. But this is also a night where we are recognizing the best in filmmaking. So 
give them their time? Yeah, I don't know. How I, do you I, feel about yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think they realized it wasn't worth the blowback. Yeah. Especially when so many prominent people stood up for the craft mm-hmm. categories, you know, yeah. Jessica Chastain yeah. and uh, Guillermo del Toro. And it's just, it, it. I don't think it was worth saving the time. Not that anyone really remembers it after everything else right. that happened that night. Right. Um, but it, it, there was just so much intense reaction, you know, throughout the season. And yeah, I'm not sure it's really worth I also wonder if there's not a happy medium um, of because one of the big concerns was that they did it prior to the telecast starting. So most Mm -hmm. of the big stars were still on the carpet. You did have some actually like I believe Jessica Jessica, Jessica, who made it a point to say, I'm cutting my red carpet time early so I can go Mm -hmm. and sit and watch these people accept their awards, which I thought was a beautiful gesture Mm -hmm. for that. A ton of respect. I, I, I wonder if there's not a middle ground that could be reached in terms of doing it during like commercial breaks yeah. and then so that you're not you're not spending maybe the entire time of like coming out and presenting the and and mm-hmm. have calling calling everything and then they have to walk up you could have the like highlight reel basically mm-hmm. of like here were the nominees and here's the winner giving their speech and you cut at least the time of them like walking up to the podium or that sort of stuff if they needed to save time for whatever reason you could make those sort of changes. Yeah. I think that maybe would have been more uh, embraced had mm-hmm. they done that as a first step. But I do think bringing it back to during mm-hmm. the telecast is the right move. I think uh, it also didn't help that then they announced that they were going to have three hosts. So it was like, oh, so now you're you're getting rid of them to make time for jokes. And also yeah. to make time for like weird, like yes. audience voted things. Like, yeah, oh, that, that was, was so thing. weird. Like, had, they, had, was they, so had weird. they filled that time with just the most important yes. stuff that like wowed audiences and raised ratings nine million percent, mm-hmm. I, we probably would not be talking about this right now because they would yeah. be like, look, it worked even if people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think I think to your point, Clarissa, there was the backlash that didn't make it worthwhile because they didn't save that much time. No. Yeah. They didn't they didn't replace it with anything that important or exciting. And so why not bring them back in? And I think it's the right call. Yeah. And also people are not not watching the Oscars because it's too long. You know, I think I think it's more it's more a sense of they don't feel connected to the movies that are being nominated. Mm -hmm. So I think that could very well change this year. Yeah. Well, potential for Black Panther and Avatar and uh, uh, Top Top Gun. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, though, too, is that a lot of these craft categories actually are the one place that some of those big blockbuster films yes. get nominated. That's where they mm-hmm. get their wins. And so yeah. that, that's the yeah. one time in the telecast that you might have heard a, a Marvel film mm-hmm. or, or, or do, something like else. Or Dune. Yeah, yeah. like Dune. Like, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that they've reconsidered. <laughs> I could not agree more. All right, so let's talk about another award show, the Gotham Awards, which honor independent film and television. Those uh, were last week, and Everything Everywhere All at Once won Best Feature. Ki Hui Kwan won Outstanding Supporting Performance for his work in that movie. Danielle Deadweiler won Outstanding Performance for her portrayal of Mamie Till Mobley, the mother of Emmett Till, in the movie Till. Now, here's the thing. She beat out Kate Blanchett, who is really considered the one to beat for her stellar performance in Tar. I, do we consider this a, a big upset here? What to make of Danielle's win? I, I think it is. It was surprising. It mm-hmm. definitely felt like it was not that I was in the room, but I was watching the live stream yeah. <laughs> and it felt like people were surprised. It seemed to be um, between Kate and Michelle Yeoh. Um, and so when Danielle won, I mean, Danielle wasn't even in the room. Um, her director yeah. accepted for her. Um, I think people were surprised, but not because her performance isn't worthy. Right. I mean, people, she's fantastic in that yeah. movie. Um, but the Gotham Awards, as far as precursors go, because it only recognizes independent film, mm-hmm. it's, it's not 
as indicative of what's going to happen at right. the Osc- Oscars as other awards. And um, but I think it is a good indicator at, as to where the passion lies mm-hmm. and where feelings are, which is a, a big deal when it comes to voting. And I think, well, as you said, the um, everything everywhere all at once wins. I think were a big deal. People were people were so emotional when when he came yeah. up, you know, his speech. And then Stephanie from the movie was was cr- couldn't stop crying yes. when they won the best feature. So it's just, I think that passion is mm-hmm. something that you can't ignore and, you know, could carry through the season. Yeah, I, I think they will all try to capitalize on those wins as much as possible. It might be an instance this year where the Gothams actually do potentially have some kind of uh, impact or at least uh, at least to get the nominations. Yeah, um, well, and also the impact as far as people getting on the stage and giving their speeches. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't discount that. Like, part of the whole awards campaign is seeing people getting awarded and then seeing how they act when they give their speeches. Yeah, you know, I mean, Olivia Coleman is a <laughs> classic example of, we love her speeches, it's great to see those. Yeah, I mean, I think with Dan that's why I'm really sad that she wasn't there because I think that that would even more have catapulted her Mm -hmm. into the conversation. That said, she's very much in the conversation. Um, And, and, you know, to your point about uh, Gotham only being um, celebrating indie films, I think, you know, if you look at at the front runners in terms of contenders and who's in the conversation, most of them were also nominated. They're the only one that wasn't was Michelle that we have on our like EW list um, that our, our Joey Nofley puts together. Uh, is you know the only one on this list that wasn't nominated there um, was Michelle Williams, mm-hmm. and she was given a, a, she a, a, like a career yeah, tribute. Yeah. Yeah. tribute award. Yeah. So like they found a way to honor her. So mm-hmm. so you know while in other categories it's not indicative of the rate, like it is interesting in this particular category. Mm-hmm. It actually that pool of people is likely the pool of people that she would be nominated against should mm-hmm. she get an yeah. Oscar nom. Yeah, though I think Michelle Williams. Like she literally got a career award. Right. <laughs> like they found right. a way. Like she wasn't eligible for a nomination, so they went yeah, out of their way to make her, another. Yeah. So I, I, you know, yeah. obviously that is the that is the big right. um, variable that was yeah. not in this equation yeah. here. And and in addition to Joey's tracker, I mean, I, our awards correspondent Dave Carter, he has uh, you know Michelle Williams in his top ten right now, along with Michelle Yeoh, Kate Blanchett. Danielle Deadweiler is also in there. And right now he has Olivia Coleman at number five, uh, kind of on the cusp, Viola Davis and Jennifer Lawrence. I know he's a big fan of Mia Goth's performance in Pearl. Uh, and then Emma Thompson and um, Ana de Armas are uh, also there. But uh, that that top 10 still feels pretty good right now. Um, his top five, that's, that's going to be interesting if Viola... Can can sneak in there. Um, I loved the woman. Can, I she's, like. I thought she's she was so, so fantastic. She's so I, you know, the other name in the mix is uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Uh, Emily the criminal. Um, which got you, a lot of love at Gotham's. Yeah, which got a lot of love at Gotham's. Yeah. And then, um, had you mentioned Taylor Russell? Uh, no, Bones and All. Who also? Yeah, yeah. She's really good. I I just um that, I, movie's, that movie I know it is no <laughs> it is no discredit to to the craft that went into making that in every way shape or form. It is just hard to watch. Yeah. I, I now that I know because we we posted about it on you know become now that, now that I know that um they were eating cherries and chocolate it makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but um yeah. but yeah I know that was a hard one to watch. Goodness mm-hmm. goodness yeah. they didn't go meta there. Oh, <laughs> indeed yeah. Um we mentioned uh, Michelle Williams getting that uh, career tribute at the Gotham's another one. Uh, was Adam Sandler, who uh, <laughs> he had such a memorable moment. He received uh, that, that career tribute where he 
um, in his speech jokingly? Well, we don't really know, do we? Claims, no, I think it was. I you mean, think it was yeah, his daughters really wrote no, it? No, no, no. Oh, I, they, I, they, I, think, I think that was the whole framework, right, but it right. worked. Right. He yeah. wrote it from the perspective of his daughters. Um, here is a, a portion of that, which he uh, delivered in what he says his daughters call his goofy Southern accent uh, that he uses when he delivers all of his speeches. We also uh, wish we could be at tonight's award show with all of you sophisticated people, but daddy said, and we quote, I don't want to spend a whole night that's supposed to be about me and my greatness listening to you two newly pubertized buffoons <laughs> screaming, where is Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> and how can we legally squeeze that fine little Jewish ass of his? But, but Gotham Awards don't feel bad for us Sandler girls. <laughs> Just know while daddy is with you tonight, we're doing everything we're not allowed to do when daddy's home. Like eat his yodels or try on his spanks. <laughs> or dare we say laugh out loud at Ben Stiller movies. <laughs> The last time Daddy caught us chuckling away at the Meet the Parents trilogy, he immediately stormed into the room he calls the Screaming Room, which we just call the Shower, <laughs> and bellowed out the phrase, only the Sandman makes people laugh. Fuck every other comedian. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Sandman does make people laugh. Um, it, the speech goes on. It, it was very funny. But my question to you is, um, he is, of course, a contender this year um, it, here at the Gotham's receiving essentially uh, their kind of version of a, of a lifetime achievement award. But um, he is a contender for his work in Hustle. How far, if at all, do you think a memorable moment like that can go in his own campaign? I mean, I think it's good. You know, because he's fully leaning into the persona that people would say would make him not be considered for this. So he's not mm -hmm. he's not trying to shy away from he's not suddenly getting serious. He's like leaning into what made him uh, the person, the persona that people love. And I think kind of acknowledging that um, I think is a breath of fresh air in this campaign season. Um I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure it'll get him a nomination, but that's the only, that's a, what a lot of people were talking about after this particular show. Mm -hmm. um, it certainly yeah. it certainly was good for him. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's that you can say for sure. Like it had people talking about him in a way that I think had he walked up there and given a completely mundane speech or not one, we wouldn't we yeah. wouldn't be talking about him yeah. here on this podcast. And and so I think that I think that it can only help him. I don't know if it'll push him into the conversation yeah. uh, enough to to get into that top five. But it but it certainly could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's and he's been doing the campaigning, I think, really in a smart way. Um, he's he's been doing the screenings and the Q&A's and having these talks with um, with people that sort of bring out the best in him yeah. and also let other people you know, shine and doesn't sort of mm -hmm. hog the spotlight. So yeah. I think um, I, he's a charming presence. Yeah. Um, we'll see if it if it happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he's great, of course. And so many comedic actors through the years, we've seen how great, uh, you know, dramatic performances they can deliver. And uh, I, I hope, I think his nomination and his due is coming to him 
soon. He should have gotten it for Uncut Gems. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. He, he's overdue, indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, folks, don't go anywhere uh, because we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, it is Patrick's interview with Will Smith, Ben Foster, and Charmaine Bingwa. The awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. All right, we've made you wait long enough for it. Here now is Patrick Gomez's interview with Emancipation stars Will Smith, Ben Foster, and Charmaine Bingwa. Congratulations. Um, the, this film just, it, it sticks with you in all the ways that I believed you all hoped it would. Um, mm-hmm. And so just thank you. Thank you for doing it. Uh, I'd love to start off at the at the beginning and hear from each of you how you came to this project. I uh, read the screenplay and it, you know it, it came normal channels. It, it was it was sent in and um, it was a, one of those rare uh, times when pretty much ninety eight percent of what was in that screenplay on the first read is what ended up. On, on camera. It was spectacular. One of the g- greatest reads I've ever had as an actor. And I knew I wanted to make it by the time I was on page 20. Um, you know, I had seen the image of, of Whipped Peter as a child. Um, but as his story started to come uh, into focus, um, I was I I was moved in in all of the the most beautiful ways. You know, when you look at the brutality that he suffered, when you when you look at the image of of Peter's back, and then through the research realizing that even with that he was able to sustain faith, gratitude, and love in the face of those kinds of atrocities. I knew that I, I wanted to learn from Peter. That's beautiful. Uh, and Charmaine, what about for you? Yeah, it came through um, the usual channels for me as well, but I expressed the same magnetism to the script that Will's speaking of. I read it. I couldn't stop reading it. I was on the edge of my seat as I read it. I, I put it down and immediately read it twice because I was mm-hmm. just like, this is thrilling, so engaging and just uh, an immense tale of triumph. And, you know, I I obviously really fell in love with it, but uh, so I made sure I put extra effort into that audition because I just, mm. and there was something immediately that I, I felt that I knew her in a way. Um, she sat somewhere within me. So I, I was um, very hopeful and, and glad it all worked out. And how about for you, Ben? Uh, when I when I I read the script and I, I got on the phone with Antoine, I was like, "Why why why me? Why why are you calling me?" <laughs> like, I, like I got. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm like, really? Not now? We're gonna make this movie now? <laughs> I was I was I was raised well, like. I mean, <laughs> Uh, my grandparents, my father, my grandmother <laughs> marched with Martin Luther King a month after Selma. Wow. In the 50s, picketed Woolworths because people of color could not sit at the cafe table. Mm-hmm. So reading this, I was like, I, <laughs> I... But then Antoine said something that stuck with me. And mind you, we're six days out from shooting. Mm-hmm. 
somebody else uh, maybe had similar uh, considerations about endeavoring <laughs> for facile. Uh, he said, I want to lift the veil. And that stuck with me. He's, so, uh, so I was like, this is my way of, this is my way of serving. Let's lift the veil. Well, uh, Ben, you know, your, your character is so full hearted in his beliefs, which I think makes it fair to call him at least one of the villains of this film. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you begin to dive into a character like that and, and embody him? Asking a lot of questions. Uh, Antoine and I uh, spoke. You don't necessarily, I, for me at least, it's not always, oh, I know this guy. It's you got to ask questions, and 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 we began discussing where does violence come from, racial violence, and then we got down to that that nervy subject called white fear. So we started sharing articles and and uh, from James Baldwin and Frederick Douglass, and we started looking at the trauma uh, that a a baby who uh, we assume is not born racist, they learn hate generationally. Mm -hmm. How do we get into that? How do we get into that fear? That is the result or results in, 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 in uh, impossible violence. And we see in the newsfeed today. The level with which the, the seriousness and the care with which Ben took this material and this uh, character, he really got me in line first his first day on set. So, you know, there's 300 extras on set and I'm holding court and I'm out there. I feel like I'm a producer and I got to, you know, I got to keep it down. So I'm talking out there and I'm, I'm doing my Will Smith and Ben walks on set and walks right past me and doesn't speak. And I'm looking, I was like, Oh, did he, he must not. He must not. Uh, he must not have recognized me in my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben didn't speak to me or acknowledge me on set for the entire five months of shooting. And I remember looking at him like, "Oh, oh, that's right. We're not playing. Like this is serious." important material and he like snapped me to attention and i really credit the the seriousness and the care and concern that ben took in playing this character with elevating my performance in the the process and i've been i've been saying that and i want to thank you personally i've never said that to you ben so i want to take this to to thank you for that that level of care and uh, intensity that you brought to the whole set. Well, thank thank you, Will. Uh, it, it's funny because we haven't spoken about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I had the I had the other I had the other view, which mm -hmm. is I, I don't see Will Smith. I come up on set first day and I see a man mm -hmm. who's going deep in. Yeah. Oh wow. And I mm -hmm. saw prayer. I saw prayer. Mm -hmm. I didn't see Will Smith doing Will Smith. I didn't see what you what, what you just said. I just saw a man who went was going deep in, and we didn't need to speak. So for mm -hmm. whatever it's worth, I thank you for snapping me in too. I love that. Beautiful. Uh, speaking of living, I mean, you know, this is in all the right ways a movie that is 
often hard to watch because it lives in spaces that need to be talked about, but are, are difficult to see and hear and think about. How did you all stay in that emotional and mental state for the duration of filming? Or did you, was, what, did you have to go home and get completely out of it? Or, or was it something you had to kind of stay in while you were in this, in this filming bubble? Yeah. yeah, I remember I was just thinking back to that moment, Will, um, you know, my first day kind of shocked me into into the environment. And I remember you looking at me, you were like, how's your first day? I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it was a tough one. You're like, I'm doing just the thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I remember I had to, and, you know, I've grown up watching Will and he's mm. a hero to me and many of my uh family and friends. And, um, you know, I remember the the focus you guys were talking about as well, like, I had to take my seat and like move away and sit in a cabin yeah. because I just mm-hmm. wanted to live in that state because the places she has to go, the things she has to mm-hmm. experience, all of us, what we have to experience, it needs that level of depth. And so I definitely had to um, live in it. And I remember I had a moment where I think I finally clicked in and discovered um, her. My, my my team knew the intensity of the shoot and they sent me a a voucher to go and get a massage. And I sobbed the entire 90 minutes through that massage. And it made me realize that, and grateful because I had somewhere to take my stuff, but these Mm -hmm. people had nowhere to take their stuff. Dodien, especially when Peter's gone, has no one that she can relate to. And it's just, it made me just really appreciate her character so much more because that strength of will Mm-hmm. to have nowhere to take it to, to have no shoulder to cry on, but to keep believing that her husband was coming back. Like it, it made me admire her as a character. Well, so. speaking of that, um, Charmaine and Will, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that your two characters don't have a ton of screen time together, mm-hmm. um, but the love and connection between your characters is is so strong in mm-hmm. those moments that we see and also in the moments when you are apart, but thinking of each other. What went into building that relationship? Yeah, I, I remember that that you know first day on set, and it's 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 a really difficult thing. You 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 just have to have chemistry. It's like I've I've, I've never been able to like uh, create it. You know, it's like <laughs> you you know you you either vibe with somebody or the director has to do a whole lot of work. Uh, to cut around him, you know, but, you know, there was a just a natural, um, beautiful energy uh, between us. Um, you know, I was I was telling uh, off camera, I was telling telling Charmaine, I, I took the film in my hometown. So I had a, I had my hometown crowd and there's a moment in the film um, where we're separated and my my character is going through you know a difficult time and Charmaine's character Dodienne is dreaming and she wakes she wakes up from the depth of connection that Dodienne and Peter have and literally a woman screams out in the audience oh lord she can feel him she can feel him you know <laughs> you know and they're like what what we were um trying to capture and if uh if if the philadelphia audience is is any uh signal we captured it <laughs> is that there's there's something beyond the physical proximity mm. in their love their their love um 
transcends this brutality. Their love transcends the separation. Um, their love um, uh, transcends and ultimately uh, stays strong enough to bring them back together as a family. And yeah, I just, very I just love watching Charmaine. Oh, and likewise, there's so much life in your eyes and in your spirit. And it's beautiful the way it, you just put that into Peter. And it was so important that it lived across space and time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, thinking of our ancestors, I feel like had they not made their way back to each other, they would have found each other in another life. It had absolutely. to be that level of love. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. There's also such a strong visual language to the film. Um, but of course, that's not present when you're on set how much of that if any was discussed ahead of filming or during filming about like what this film was going to ultimately look like yeah i think the 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 thing that was was sort of the uh north star for for all of us really was the 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 picture of whipped peter so we knew that that was the tone texture feeling, you know, there's brutality, but even in the, the posture of his body, there's dignity and power, you know? And so we, we knew across the board that was sort of the North Star of what that, what that image did in the, the global hearts and minds of the time is what we uh, were trying and are trying to do with the film. I'd like to piggyback on that, which is, the great Bob Richardson shot this film mm-hmm. and, and the way he approached the visual language, he felt as much a, a, of our ensemble uh, as anybody spiritually. Mm-hmm. He, 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 the way he addresses the light, he, yeah. it's not a ghost story, but it is about transcending time. Mm-hmm. The love to what Will and Charmaine are talking about, sensing each other out of space, but also in period of time and mm-hmm. bob was very aware of that with antoine of saying that was then but look at today yeah. and mm-hmm. wanted that spirit wanted that haunting wanted mm-hmm. to feel the ghosts of the past and, and i can say for myself uh bob shot this film as devoted as anyone possibly could yeah. and it's stunning yeah absolutely, absolutely. It really is. Um, the message of this movie is is so important. Will, as this is your first film being released since the Oscars, is that extra pressure? Is that a chance for a reset? Is that factoring into your mindset as you promote this film? You know, the 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 most important thing for me, um, and uh, the only discomfort my heart has around that is. So many people have done spectacular work on this film. You know, my 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 hope is that my my team isn't penalized at all for for my my actions. You know, so as I'm out and you know moving in, into the world, I would say that's like that, that's the first and foremost concern for me. I think you know Antoine and 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 Bob and and Ben and Charmaine, like everyone has done such spectacular work. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely uh, lose a couple winks of sleep every night thinking that I, I uh, 
could have potentially penalized my team. But I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to uh, make sure that uh, uh, everyone gets seen in the in the light that they deserve. Most definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, because obviously, you know, the three of you had fantastic performances here, but the entire ensemble is just incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about working with, um, obviously, Charmaine, I know you spent a lot of time with the younger actors on the set, mm-hmm. but, but um, yes. Will and, and Ben, like you know, like you said, this is a large ensemble film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, I mean, every every step of the way in this film, you know, everybody's at the top of their game, you know, and it's just, it, it's, um, you know, I don't know about YouTube, but this was without question the hardest film I've ever shot in my entire career. The, the, the swamp, the, the, you know, gators and snakes and, and spiders and, and, and then COVID, we had a COVID shutdown. We had a hurricane. hurricane. Yeah, you know, we had the, the you know, the, the heat index, we were getting, we were clipping up at 110, 115 degrees. We're having to shut down. Um, the film was originally scheduled for about three months, ended up stretching out closer <laughs> to six, you know. So, I mean, it was absolutely grueling. Uh, and I don't like bugs, right? So, you know, that, that was a... That that was a big one. So being up to your neck in a swamp and you, you don't like bugs is uh, d- definitely a, a, a tester, um, you know, but of all of that adds to what you see on on camera. It's like you can you can feel the difficulty of the shoot in the 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 texture of the the the, the scenes, you know, so. You know, it was it was it was grueling, but I I, I love it. I, you know, I've watched it every day for the past five or six days with with different audiences, and you know, I I am as proud as I have ever been of of a piece of art. One of the things that was really powerful to me was that we shot on an actual plantation. Yes, and there was something that changed the mood and 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 mm-hmm. got into everyone's spirit and and you could just it was like we were there and and I'm sure you uh, you remember will there was a, a background actor in in one of the scenes where we're yes. reunited who was so moved that after we called cut she kept screaming from the pain yeah. and the trauma of it and, and these guys beautifully wrapped her around in love and spirit but there was something about being on the location where these events actually happened and yeah. and as Will was saying I just have to praise everyone from the PAs to all yes. the cast and all the crews yeah. everyone approached it like it was the most important thing that we're doing in their life and I think that's just a testament to the material and um everyone's commitment absolutely and especially those young actors as well. They were brilliant who played our children and yes, it's not an easy yes. subject matter for them to get their heads around and, um, yeah. you know, just the highest praise for them all. Yeah, for sure. Well, Charmaine, uh, early on in the shoot, uh, Antoine pulled me in to show me some footage. And I, I don't like to watch myself and, and that was fine because he wasn't going to show me that. <laughs> show me a scene of you. He showed me a scene of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's the scene with you and your kids. And it's just me and Antoine watching it. And then he stops the scene. And I'm, you know, 
a bit of a mess. And I said, Antoine, the greatest compliment I could give you is one I'm going to give you right now. I've never given anyone before. I had to look away. I noticed, wow. I noticed, I found myself having to look away. Yeah. And what I'd say is what's so important about this movie is that it's not homework. It's that we can't look away. Right. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's beautiful. And, you know, I've definitely felt the same about your guys' performances at mm-hmm. times. I mean, wow, you guys, I mean, Will, absolute tour de force. And, and Ben, the way you play him with such, he could be anyone, you know? Yes. And, yes. and it's a reminder that bad ideologies can live with with within anyone and and yeah the, just the way he's not outwardly villainous in nature yes but exactly it's kind of chilling <laughs> it was really Very interesting chilling. the way the way that i've been talking about it is that is um the cultivation of compassion right and the the speech um the the facile speech by the fireside Ooh. to me is like absolute brilliance, right? Mm. Because as you're telling this story, you realize this is a little boy who loved this woman. He loved her and he was brutalized. He was emotionally brutalized into hatred. He was Mm. taught to hate. He was a little boy with a compassionate, loving heart, and his father taught him how to hate. And in one of the 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 most, you know, vicious, um, uh, seemingly hateful characters in the film, you see. Oh no, he was just like me. He's 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 just like me. You know, and he just found himself in the face of a hateful person that, you know, he loved his father. His father can't be wrong. You know, and I just thought you did such a brilliant job of like struggling to hold on to the ideology. Right. You're not. It's like. It's almost like while you're talking, you're trying to convince yourself also because there's still that piece of little boy in there. There's still that little piece of that little boy in there. And I just thought that that was such a brilliant, um, uh, such a brilliant scene of illustrating how no one is born hateful. And immense power to um, Bill College's words as well. And yes. I know you had some input in it as well, Ben. Just the lines, then what? And it then just links to how this story is so relevant today. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Gives me shivers just right now, <laughs> remembering those moments. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But speaking of how children are taught and, and talking to the younger cast members about, you know, the scenes that you all were filming, uh, you know, it strikes me that this this film is coming out at a time when there's a lot of discussion about educating uh, yeah. the next generation of Americans about this period of our history and wanting to gloss over it in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, does that, in your minds, make this film even more important that people see it? 
Yeah, I, I've been very, very surprised how the we've been showing it on on college campuses, and I, I've been very surprised at the hunger that these students have for this story to be told in this way. They're they're literally clapping and standing up in the middle of the screenings, right? So the 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 idea of glossing over the the history i think is 40 and above you know anybody under 40 you know and especially you get down to these kids you know 22 23 years old their their taste for it they're more open they grew up with a black president Right. So their their formative years, there was a black president. So they don't have the I guess the aversion to it. Someone my age has to the idea of it. They actually are open and want to know the truth of the the history. You know, so I, I think that being able to depict the harshness and the brutality, uh, but also to depict the bravery, but also, to, you know, to depict the 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 love and the passion and the faith. I think that it will be helpful for all of us in the cultivation of, of compassion and the the uh, squelching of the fear that is growing between us. I also think these are the times that make us um that make me certainly the most proud to be an artist because mm-hmm. you can try and remove the books from the classroom but this is it just shows the power of cinema mm-hmm. you know and the importance yeah. of storytelling and uh, it feels like we're making a real contribution i think to speak to, to antoine fuqua our, our our incredible incredible director the weight that he carried and he felt it felt mm-hmm. it every day it's like watching a prize fighter come to work yeah fighting with love mm-hmm. and, and the way that he expressed his understanding of past and the importance of what's happening today mm-hmm. and being able to weave those elements so seamlessly with so much heart uh i i, I, I can't imagine the the tremendous artistic weight but what he's accomplished with this film is uh it's astounding. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, it, that should all be reflected right back on on all three of you and the entire cast and the rest of the crew as well. Um, really, congratulations on putting together uh, a, a piece that accomplishes, I think, everything that you all said you stated you wanted to accomplish at the beginning of the process. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I thank you so much for your time here today. Thank you for making this film. Thank you for sharing it with the world uh, and can't wait for more people to see it. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, first, uh, I have to say, I know you said you were a little nervous going into the room, but the the interview, the the discussion is is fascinating. Uh, like you said, I I hope people will. S- still see this movie for the story that it's telling for the importance there um but uh, on a lighter note those guys uh it's so interesting listening to them just talk to each other kind of hyping each other up and and kind of how intimidated they were but then uh used that yeah well and and ew was the only we were the only publication to speak to them all together mm. uh, you know there were other outlets that spoke to just will or sure. to just ben um or just charmaine 
So when we uh, got on our Zoom, this was really the first time Ben and Will had had a chance to talk to each other post making the film. Um, because these screenings have been somewhat smaller things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like full cast sort of things. It's kind of been Will going on this tour. And so it was really it was really nice to, to hear him say, like, I haven't had a chance to tell you this, but like, <laughs> I thought this. And then for, yeah. for Will to say it right back to him, uh, I, I thought was beautiful. Um, it really just shows, for those of you that haven't seen the film, like, those characters are not ones that would say anything nice about the no. other no. <laughs> in the film. Um, and so it was just really nice to see them be able to kind of put that baggage away. I also was really touched uh, by uh, what Charmaine said about um, having a place to take her emotional baggage of just playing mm. the role and it really being a moment for her to realize that that these enslaved people had nowhere to mm-hmm. to take that baggage and that you could tell uh, if you go watch the actual video of, of the round table, like how much she still is like processing that. And, mm. and it's like that, that was really impactful for me uh, just mm. sitting there uh, hearing that live uh, and then to listen to it back. It, it's, it's a really, to me, a very touching moment. Yeah. Well, uh, like Patrick said, we do have video of that that you can check out at EW.com. Uh, highly encourage you to do that. And um, uh, I guess that's it for this episode. Um, we have so many more great uh, podcast interviews coming up this season. Should we give them a little tease, Clarissa? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have uh, some people from the Fablemans coming mm-hmm. over, um, Judd Hirsch and Michelle Williams, um, and the good nurses, Eddie Redmayne. Oh, and he's so good in that movie. And so many more. Uh, we're, we're constantly booking and doing interviews here and we're really excited to bring those to you and uh patrick and clarissa uh thanks so much for all of your insight on uh, emancipation and and the continuing awards race it is ever changing i appreciate you being here Thank you. Love to be here. Of course. Uh, well, folks, that is it for this episode of The Awardist. If you like what you heard, please follow, rate the podcast, and leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We're at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We'll see you back here next week. This episode of The Awardist Podcast is hosted by Jared Hall. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.